Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And I am joined today by my new but returning friend, Marcy Amaro. She is the founder and operator of the Empowering Families Summit that I got to be a part of recently. We had a fun conversation there. And Marcy, while we were having that conversation, uh, it occurred to me, well, I knew before, because this is why I agreed to talk to you in the first place, um, that we're on a similar mission. Yeah. We're trying to help parents do the most important job in the world and to do it more consciously. Um, and I think we're going to have a fun conversation about that today. Before we get into that, I would love to have our listeners hear a little bit from you why you are so passionate about this. Can you share a little bit about your story and how you came to this point? Well, I would love to. And um, it is just a pleasure to be here with you, Dr. Paul. I did enjoy our conversation so much. Um, But I have been an educator for almost three decades. I started out my adult career as a teacher, as a regular classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. And in my teaching career, I started to notice working with teenagers and their families and all these things, that there was these tensions that were created between the parent and the child as they entered a certain stage in their development that just was creating just this body heads. And Mm -hmm. the kid wanted to get along with the parent and the parent wanted to get along with the kid. But there was something that was missing. There was something that wasn't connecting and wasn't quite clicking the way that it should. And I started researching what might be the cause and how to help them. Mm-hmm. Then a few years into my teaching career, I got married and I became a mom. And I started noticing, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, you talk about education. Right? Here we go. Yeah. I started noticing all these um, instances of friction. Like they weren't huge fights or anything, but right. instances in which my husband and I didn't quite agree as to how to do certain things or he assumed that I understood certain things or I assumed that he understood certain things. And I started to see all these little tensions happen and I started to connect the dots. And then when my kids were born and I started seeing, huh, interesting to notice that when we don't uh, effectively communicate certain things, that's when we start getting into trouble. When we yeah. don't know how to effectively give the other person space to, to communicate as well and to really make sure that we're understanding what they're trying to say, then the trouble increases and it escalates and it gets worse. Right. So all of this brought me to this point where I realized, you know what? The key is helping people understand communication and how to do it right and empowering kids to express themselves in a way that makes sense to parents and empowering parents to communicate themselves in a way that makes sense to kids. And that is where all this passion came from. And seeing these families struggle so much and feeling it in my own family and in my own dynamics and understanding that the key is communicating the right way. That is the underlying key here. It it really sets the stage, I think, for all of the the problem solving that needs to happen or 
for the relationship building. It's that communication. And it, you said something that really resonates with me, Marcy, because I feel that a lot of times families agree more than they think they do. Absolutely. But they Absolutely. haven't taken the time to establish that through effective communication. Absolutely. See, in any kind of communication, there are different levels, right? There's what I'm thinking, which is part mm -hmm. of the communication, right? And in thinking, I'm telling myself these stories about what's going on around me and what's happening and why it's happening, right? right. Then there's the other person that has their own internal communication going, and it's trying to process what I'm saying through their internal dialogue as well, right? right? So then there's what I say or what I think I say, and there's what the other person hears or thinks they hear, right? So we have yeah. to figure out how do we bring all these pieces to the center so that we can really know what we're truly saying, what we're truly hearing, and what we truly mean. Because like you just said, most of the time, we are not really in disagreement. We are just expressing right. things differently or in a way that's not quite making sense to the other person. So it's just understanding how do we bring all of that to the center where all of these different pieces actually fit in. I think this is really crucial because when we think we disagree, we start to move away from each other. We go into conflicts. Mm -hmm. we, we fight fights that really aren't even there. Yep. And when we, when we can see that we're in alignment, that we have a common goal or purpose, mm -hmm. the opposite happens and we start to come together. Absolutely. So... And I've seen, I've, I can't remember if I shared this with you, Marcy, but I spent about 13 years of my career doing child custody evaluations for the court. Bitter, angry, divorcing parents who probably in, in a majority of those cases didn't really disagree. But they had built up these stories, like you're saying in your mind, it creates conflicts. It can be enormously destructive. Oh, absolutely. In that family. Absolutely. Wow. So now that you're a mom <laughs> and you've got all this experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're sharing that with other people. I know you've written a book. You've got a blog. You've got uh, the summit that we talked about earlier. You're really on a mission here to empower families through effective communication. Absolutely. What do we do? <laughs> Where would you start us, Marcy? <laughs> well, um, anything that is worth doing in terms of relationship needs to start with clarity. And that's where I always point people to is mm. clarify what is your ultimate goal in this relationship. Because oftentimes we go into conversations with the intention to win when that's mm -hmm. not really our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is yeah. to have a positive connection with this person, right? So right. if I am clear on the fact that my communication goal is ultimately to create connection and to create a space where everybody is empowered and where everybody can thrive and be together and be successful, then winning no longer matters as much in the dynamic, in the conversation, right? So <laughs> I have right. to- That's gonna be hard to let go of, Marcy. <laughs> Because we know we're right. Oh, sure. 
<laughs> what was it you told me that once? Stop believing everything you think, right? <laughs> we're too quick to believe everything you think, but we do. And yeah. it's, it's not because we're evil or trying to destroy the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just simply how we as human beings operate. When yeah. we think something, we have an assumption or a prejudice toward what we're thinking. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we actually believe that what we think is right. Mm-hmm. Or true, yeah. Nobody might be, but <laughs> yeah, nobody stands up for something that they don't believe in, right? right? So, anytime we are in any kind of disconnect or argument or whatever, each of us believes what we are arguing in favor of. That's why we're arguing in the first place, right? But there's this concept that I call synchronous communication, and that's actually something that I, the term I borrowed from artificial intelligence from AI. What yeah. happens is when you have two systems that are trying to communicate to create one artificial intelligence uh, element or component. You have to get those two systems that have different languages to communicate with each other in a way that creates agreement and alignment so you can have one unit communicating as one piece, right? So in our family, our goal ultimately is to create that synchronous communication. Now, how do we do that? Well, we need to start by acknowledging that the other person believes they're right as well, right? So that is a big part of it, is acknowledging that the other person is not arguing just to argue. They really believe that what they are saying, what they're feeling, what it's valid. And we need to acknowledge and validate that. And it's not giving in. It's recognizing that this other person has their reasons for feeling the way they do or acting the way they're acting or believing what they believe. And sometimes the whole argument is cut short when I can admit that I understand where you're coming from, even if I'm not agreeing with you, right? So very often, especially with teenagers, they're all over here in the emotion, right? And they're angry and they're yelling. If the parent stops and says, I can tell you're angry, and you have a right to be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the teen is like, huh, what? Oh, what? Exactly. Excuse that me? freaks them off. And you're not saying that they won, you're not giving in. That opens the door for an actual conversation. But you start by acknowledging that what they're feeling, it's not something that's crazy or outlandish. Or, it's what they're feeling. And you can't keep people from feeling what they feel, but you can acknowledge that you understand what they feel. I, I like to say to my clients and in my parent coaching and in the presentations and trainings I give, you're never wrong about how you feel. And your kids are never wrong about how they feel. Exactly. And in their mind, they have the greatest reasons on earth. Mm-hmm. To, to have the position that they have and to feel what they feel. And they're never wrong about that. So Marcy, you're saying an acknowledgement of that is going to go a long way toward creating that environment where we can have the open communication, the clarity. Absolutely. That lead us away from conflict and into a, a closer relationship. Absolutely. Um, for you, as the person who's making the validation and the acknowledgement, What that is going to do first is going to shift that story you're telling yourself about what's happening here, right? Like I often see parents where their kid is disagreeing with them 
often going to in their head, oh, they're being disrespectful. Not necessarily. They're just disagreeing with you, right? And if I can acknowledge that my kid at this point is frustrated or is angry or is feeling controlled or it's feeling whatever, if I can acknowledge that and say it out loud, that's going to force me to stop thinking, oh, they're just being disrespectful. Because now I know that there's an emotion behind it, right? And for the kid, what that does is it says, wait, mom actually understands me. She actually sees that I'm a human being with feelings, right? And suddenly that brings a lot of the walls down and it stops the argument that on its tracks because they, they're not expecting it, first of all. Right. <laughs> and secondly, it, it helps them see, oh, wait a minute, then I don't need to be as much on the defensive because if she understands or he understands that this is what I'm feeling right now, then I can continue to share what it is that I'm feeling. Exactly. Marcy, as we come back from this break, I, I think we can get into some of the practical strategies that we as parents can apply to uh, enhance that process. Does that sound good to you? Absolutely. Folks, this is Marcy Amaro at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Marcy Amaro here at Live On Purpose Radio with me today. Marcy, I can tell as, as we have this conversation about family communication, you know what you're talking about. You've, <laughs> you've been in the trenches. I have. I have. Uh, both as a mom, but also as a, as a coach for mm -hmm. other families and as the educator that you are. I'm curious as to some of the practical strategies that you've learned to get this communication thing turned in a positive direction. Yeah. What comes to mind as I prompt that? Well, I have some things that I call the key skills that we need to develop as parents as we're trying to uh, engage in this proper connection with communication. And we can actually model and teach these to our kids as well, right? So yeah. the first master skill in communication is listening. And I call it curious listening, right? And that is an obvious thing. Everybody knows that we need to listen. And there's the old cliche adage of we have two ears and one mouth because we're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak, right? Yeah. But it's true. The reality is that we do need to listen before we can effectively communicate anything. So the reason I call it curious listening is because I once read in a book, in a book by Mark Houston that um, – 
that we tend to engage in conversation like a tennis match, right? So we are the back and forth and the waiting for the ball to be thrown back our way. And it's this back and forth, like I want to win. So we're going in this tennis match, right? But he says that we should be more detectives instead of being in a tennis match. And I call it curious listening because that's the attitude we need to have in our conversations as we listen. Mm. It's try to, and it's hard and it takes practice, but try to remove from your consciousness the, what am I going to say back? What is going to be my comeback? What can I ask next? What am I going to respond to this? Right. And instead just assume that there's something there, that there's gold to be mined in what the other person is saying and stop with the curiosity of a child that just wants to find that gift, that hidden gem that's in there, right? And if we can put ourselves in that position, the whole dynamic of the conversation changes completely, right? So just to give you a practical example. Can I just comment about that real quick? Absolutely. You know what? You call it curious listening. We might just call it listening. Yeah. Because if your head is going to, okay, what am I going to say next? I got I to gotta wait for the right pause so I can jump in and make them understand this or that. That's not listening. Mm-hmm. That is strategizing your attack. <laughs> not listening. Yep. Listening has to have that curious element to it because the goal of listening is to understand Absolutely. what the other person is trying to say. And that's not easy because they're putting it into a code. Mm-hmm. Language is a code. Yeah. But also everything about their experience and their filters and everything. So it's going to take a really sharp sleuth to get to the bottom of what they really mean. And, and I love that image of being the detective and, and listening and watching for the gem to appear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you are a Sherlock Holmes fan, but um, there's a famous conversation between Sherlock and Watson where Watson is trying to figure out how to Sherlock do it. And he asks, and Sherlock says, well, do you observe? And Watson is like, well, of course I observe. And he says, really, how many steps did we walk up on our way here? And Watson was like, uh, I don't know. And he said, yeah, that's because you see, but you don't observe. I observe and I can tell you that there's 13 steps, right? So it's the same thing with listening. It's We all hear, but to really listen, we have to assume that curious mindset, that detective mentality where we're mining for something and our head, the only process in our head is making sure that we understand, right? So um, I was going to tell you a, a little practical example. Yeah, I, was working, <laughs> I was working with this uh, family, right, at one point, and they had a 13-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy, right? And mom was having all these issues with a 15-year-old boy. But her main complaint as she was discussing what was the problem and what was happening was that he didn't listen, Right. He didn't listen to the instructions. He didn't listen to anything that she was saying. He didn't listen when she asked him to do things, right? Mm -hmm. So as we engaged in the conversation, I asked the young man, right? So what do you believe your mom would say if I asked her what you're doing while she's talking? 
And he said, she would say that I'm not listening, but the problem is she's not listening to my side of the situation either. So we stopped for a minute and we did a little listening exercise where we stopped and we did some reflection, which I know you know what it is, but we can mm -hmm. talk about that in a minute. We did some reflection and we did some mirroring and we worked through it. Turns out the boy was really listening to the instructions. He just didn't feel it was fair to have to drop everything he had to do to do it right the moment when mom was saying to do it. So we then worked on the expectations and all these other things, but the core of the whole dynamic and all the discord that was taking place was that they each felt like the other wasn't listening because guess what? <laughs> they really weren't. They really weren't. Yeah. They were pursuing their own agenda. Absolutely. That's the biggest interference with communication, I think, that we pursue our own agenda. Absolutely. And if everybody's doing that, nobody's listening. Absolutely. Which is why I said earlier in the first part of our conversation that clarity is key, right? Because if I am clear on how I am approaching this conversation, if I can stop and say, wait a minute, what is really the ultimate goal that I want from this conversation? Then I can become aware of my own agendas, right? and stop them if they're not going to be productive or effective. If my agenda is anything other than enhancing the connection, is it really worth it? If my agenda in this conversation is anything other than making sure that we have increased dialogue, like real dialogue where there's back and forth conversation, then what am I doing here and why? So we all need yeah. to start by, when it's deep conversations, right? We all have the day-to-day, -day, oh, so whatever. But in deeper conversations, we need to start by clarifying where our end game is, what our end goal is. That's the purpose. Mm -hmm. Hey, live on purpose radio. <laughs> yep. Let's get that clarity. And when you say clarity, you mean clarity about the purpose. Mm-hmm really the ultimate goal of this conversation and it has to do with your relationship. Absolutely. So all of the stuff that we think we're right about, we get to put that on a shelf somewhere. Absolutely. And you know what? It makes it easier to do this when you realize, Hey, if I try to cram this down somebody's throat, they're not going to take it anyway. Yeah. So you are putting your precious idea at risk if you try to forge ahead with your agenda, yeah. put it on a shelf, stick it over there for safekeeping. Yeah. We'll get back to it and seek first to understand. Absolutely. Stephen R. Covey said it that way. <laughs> to understand. And then second, to be understood. Absolutely. But it has to come in that order. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, one of the... Um, one of the things that we tend to forget, right, is mm -hmm. that when we engage in these conversations, the other person might be coming with an agenda as well. So our- Probably. Yeah, so our first interaction about anything, we need to also be okay with it not being a, a, a conversation that ends in a fix or that ends in a solution. Mm -hmm. We're not always going to fix the ultimate issue in one or two or three or 10 or 20 conversations, right? 
But if the ultimate goal is to create deeper understanding and deeper connection, if that is really our purpose, then we need to be okay with our first conversation just being about laying it all out on the table and being honest about certain things, mm-hmm. right? And being able to hear one another. We need to be okay with having a second conversation that still doesn't bring us to the fix, right? Because the reality of it is that if the underlying issue is that we're not communicating effectively, in working through the communication, all these other issues will either not seem so big or get resolved kind of almost on their own without having to put too much effort into it. Because we can have a back and forth where we feel understood, we feel seen, and we feel valued. It's almost like magic. Yeah. And really, it's not magic. It's principle. Mm -hmm. What you're sharing with us today is so tied to the principles that support healthy relationships It shouldn't be a surprise that when we apply these principles, we see some fairly magical outcomes. Oh, absolutely. As a result. You've seen that in your career. Oh, absolutely. I've certainly seen it in mine. Marcy, thank you for sharing your expertise with us here today. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. You are providing a lot of resources for families. I was just looking at your website, marciamaro.com. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you've got a whole tab for resources, the first of which is your ebook, Come Up for Air. Yes. <laughs> it's about helping, helping you discover what might be causing the tensions in your family and some practical ways to address those things. Absolutely. Um, what would you like our listeners to know about what resources you're offering besides what I've just mentioned? Yeah, um, on my website, marciamara.com, there is a blog that I post on, and there's also a link to my podcast, Sincerely Speaking, in which I go over a lot of these issues and talk through a lot of the different situations I hear with my clients and the people that I surround myself with, and I just address them. Uh, Come Up for Air, the ebook, is a great resource for anybody who is looking to figure out how to work through tense situations, right? especially if they have an explosive person in their environment, if they have someone that they don't really know quite what to do when they get angry, how to react, how to deal with them. Come Up For Air is the strategy that I teach and that I use to diffuse that tension, right? And AIR stands for Acknowledge, Inquire, Reflect, Respect, and Repeat. That's why there's a three after the R. So acknowledge, inquire, reflect, respect, and repeat. And if the book walks you through step-by-step the ebook, each of those elements, and it gives you scripts on what to say if you are in a particular situation, and it gives you some for instances on how to manage certain things. So it's really a guide for people who want to learn how to navigate those 10 situations. Oh, wonderful. Very practical too. Folks, Mm -hmm. we need some practical solutions in our families. And Marcy, I shared with you before we started the recording today, I think this is where we're going to solve the problems of the world. Absolutely. Families. I mean, forget about the elections and the political scene and science and everything else We've got to do this in our families, and that will empower everything else that we're doing. Absolutely. Thank you for your contributions here today and for your contributions to our world. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I really enjoy this. My 
purpose and my my purpose and my mission is to empower parents to create these families that are filled with future leaders, right? And yeah. if we can work with the family at the family level, like you said, the entire world will be a better place. Wonderful. Folks, you've heard it from Marcy Amaro today here at Live On Purpose Radio. It's now your turn to go live on purpose.